0: This week on The Reverse Stick, the party kicks on with part two of our 50th episode chat fest. Joel Forrester joins us in his role as CEO of Hockey for Heroes and hashtag livestream hockey. And welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, and I'm joined weekly by Matt Allen. The successful goal scoring Matt Allen.
1: Yeah, yeah, not for a couple of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Had got the win this weekend. Uh, Dip in form. It was laboured. Uh, but yeah, week previous I played two. You didn't ask how I went. You know, I'll just make a note of that, actually. Two weeks running. I've asked you. You, you haven't given a stuff how I got on.
0: Well, that's because you keep winning premierships, so I know you're doing right. You keep Jeez. winning. Mate, I don't know if you're ha- scoring goals, your team's obviously winning games. I
1: don't know what's happened. It seems like it was only yesterday <laughs> when I was sitting here opposite <laughs> you. Um, apologies, I was a bit stuffy of nose last week and a bit bunged up and all that sort of thing. And uh, so uh, maybe I didn't enunciate as well as I should have or could have. But uh, I'm feeling... Full of fine fettle now, John Ready to go for episode 51 Of the Reverse Stick The Global Hockey Podcast
0: Uh, We've got a couple of things coming up Part 2 of our our little talk fist fest. (laughs) Talk fist, whack Um, We're joining the conversation with Ernst Bart Brings up his little special subject of the conversation
1: Tradition versus innovation Um, I'm thinking, I did put it on something the other day Hashtag traditionalists I think we should just put that. And anything, if you are if you're disagreeing with uh, some of the rule changes that various associations are trying to bring in, or have already brought in, and you don't you don't want to see them continue, then uh, hashtag. I tra- don't like it. Traditionalist.
0: I don't want to be a traditionalist, but huh? I don't have to agree with everything they're bringing
1: in. Uh, somebody, uh, we'll talk a little bit later on about a message that we received in the week, and that will come in in the oh. feedback. Um, but the uh, the individual that I was corresponding with didn't know the difference between the two of us so I said uh John's the grumpy one and I'm the one with the pommy twang that'd be right is that about right
0: yeah I think that's a, a fair summation of our characters let's get on to the news <laughs> shall we <laughs> news well Matt Euros should we start there
1: well, that was the big one wasn't it and of it course it was Hockey club Bloemendal um, Had a sensational 8-2 victory Over Davy Hart Kampong Very good goalkeeper Not good enough On the day Unfortunately Not this day um, to, uh, to Yeah Bloemendal At home To take out The EHL title What a fantastic Competition What a fantastic Final What a fantastic uh, Hockey display And atmosphere On um, on display From the Bloemendal Crew there In Holland
0: Oh the the cows in the background were a sight to behold. It was just such a lovely setting, wasn't it? It was like a... a, a a hockey field set up at a fairy tale set or something like
1: that. Well, we sp- spoke to Ernst a couple of weeks ago and asked about you know what the weather might be like there, and he said, oh, well, you know, it's coastal, so who knows what, co- what might come in, but it seemed to be perfect oh, for the weekend. It on.
0: Well, it was perfect there for the weekend. We were on, on the other end of it. We got the storms here for a change on the, <laughs> over the weekend.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, but of course, uh, a, a sensational final. Xabi yeah. Leonard, one of the goal scorers, taking the man of the match award out yep. in the game. Um, that's the end of his career at Blaumendahl. Uh, well, certainly for now, anyway. Also, the end—the end for Jamie Dwyer, who's allegedly, uh, yeah, well, allegedly, he's retired a couple of times before from, from the club, hasn't he?
0: They wouldn't understand the John Farnham reference, but he—he could be the John overseas <laughs> Dame Nellie Melba. She's another one, another Australian known for um, recurrent Longer retirements. Bites. Yes.
1: Um, and of course, yeah, Stockman as well. That's the end of his club career there. Oh, and, one of the know, greats. Oh, you know, for, for a number day. of years, the very best goalkeeper yep. in the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe David, maybe, maybe Davy's there for his crown. I don't know. I, I don't know. Not, as
0: greatest ever. No, not, no, look, no, not greatest ever. No, when, no, no. when he was you at, know, his, at the best, of the his, best powers. in the world at any point in time, but. What, yeah, when he was at the height of his powers, he was the best going around. That's for sure. Um, That was the Euros. Did you manage to catch much of it? The stream was... From what I could gather, pretty good. Yeah, it was actually I got a pretty Nick, good stream. The only Nick, issues I had belonged in my computer, not with the stream itself. No, en-
1: enjoyed Nick's commentary. Um, I didn't catch everything. It was a, some of it was a bit of a strange hour for me, so I co- kind, of, kind of got the start of a game and the end of a game. And
0: well, you had all your energy sapped out of you by watching a fabulous performance by the over fifties on Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's <laughs> right, <laughs> I
1: did. Well, I played my game and then I came down and watched uh, um, uh, over forties and an over fifties game. Well, no, no, an over fifties and over a six. Over 60s game. Yep. Oh, big shout out that's to a gentleman, right. Mr. Graham Nichols from the Fremantle Hockey Club. I uh, witnessed Graham play his 800th game for the club in the and black he and white. scored a goal! And he scored the first goal and they had a 3 1 win, so congratulations to you, Nick. Yeah.
2: 800
1: games into the bat that's not bad wherever you Before are. Former teammate. For, right. of, you, of yourself? I,
0: play, I did play, have a season with Graham during, and during l- the time. We won a. Challenge Cup as it was in those days
1: give it another eight or nine years, and you 'll be back with him <laughs> again
0: <laughs> We're not far off it uh, the great stream though I loved the Saturday games there was some fantastic hockey play poor old heracles couldn 't get up but uh, no, yeah.
1: so uh, R- Rolledam got the third the third place there but you know fa- fantastic work on the stream great work from euro hockey uh, great work from EHLTV.org. great work from Stephen um, and uh, uh, Siobhan and the communications team EHL, really super stuff all the way throughout the Big
0: tournament. Big shout out to the players and especially to all the spectators that got along there. It sounded like and it looked like a great atmosphere to have been. Imagine sitting back in the stands with a couple of quiet ones, it would have been a great eh, day.
1: I don't, mate, if you were anywhere near the There was the, no quiet ones, If okay. you were near the there was <laughs> no, no, there were no quiet ones
0: there. Uh, we love to see that sort of stuff going on it was good what else have we got happening
1: uh, in the world of hockey uh, there's few, plenty going on it, a few so. of the little European bits uh, Rotweiss uh, are the regular season champs after beating Mulheim uh, Saint-Germain uh, the home club of Xavier Pions hashtag TRS world 11 Xavier is one of the uh, the gentlemen that have been uh, one of the team members ladies and gentlemen that have been announced in the past week but most recently in the past couple of days as part of the TRS World 11 2018-19 that's his home club and the men's side there at, uh, have earned their seventh national championship well done. Um, As after beating FC Lyon 3-2 in the final um, what else have we got John? Well there's
0: been a bit of international stuff Yeah that's me? right so Ar- um,
1: Argentina, the- Malaysia
0: uh, I was going to get to that after the Pioneer Energy it. Tri-Nations Women's International. Of course, that finished up in between, in yeah, between the last two. Yeah, Australia New Zealand and uh, Japan involved there. Australia and New Zealand played off in the final, which the Australian girls won 4-1. Congratulations to them. Uh, it would have been interesting to see how the Japanese divided up their squad too. It's something perhaps if we weren't doing other things on our podcast, we could have probably got into a little bit, but we'll, we'll probably have to skip that one by As you mentioned, there were there are the test matches going on between the Argentina and Malaysian men. Argentina got up six one in the first game and seven two in the second game. Is there a benefit? No,
1: is that that, that right?
0: Yeah. Uh, two and then the 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 third game they Argentina defeated Malaysia two one, so a much better result there for the Malaysian. Oh, I
1: didn't I didn't think all three had gone with that, but there was there was certainly some streaming available. Um, via the, uh, Argentina hockey on, on, on Twitter. And
0: of course, uh, our mate Keeley Dunn down in Bolivia f- for the Cochabamba games. South American games. Yep. Um, now that's underway. Uh, heard anything coming out of, Keeley's doing her normal routine, her great work on the, the socials with the postings of umpires and stuff like that. I'm not sure how she'll go with, because she's got an official role there, whether we'll be getting all that other side commentary about umpiring decisions as well. I think that might be disappearing for this particular time. No, not, not necessarily
1: linked link to Keely. I did see um, some comments and a few issues around the turf there. Ooh, okay. It seems to be the... Uh, the you mentioned that last week. Well, the, well the the advance party don't seem to have made their way uh to check on the facilities and it seems like it's a pretty fresh turf um something close to Collosloe Beach by our standards over here. Um I'm not sure the sand has had opportunity to bed in um so there could be some interesting uh <laughs> There could be some Look, um go with flats because you're going to be slipping all over the place anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, go over the flats and um, and just hope that you can um, slide the puck into the <laughs> of the net.
0: <laughs> is that the right metaphor to be I'm using? I'm not sure
1: if it is, John. Although there's, there is,
0: has yeah. been some games there played. Argentina defeated Uruguay in the men's 5-1. Uh, another men's game there, Brazil defeated Peru 2-1. And Chile defeated Paraguay uh, 8-0. That's also a men's game, as as is Venezuela versus Bolivia. That game went Venezuela's way 12-0. Now,
1: there is some streaming from that. If you can check out uh, boliviatv.bo, uh, and uh, uh, this is a lengthy um, broadcast list there, but it, you, you can... Um, you, there is some streaming coming out of Bolivia on that, so you, you probably need to look at some of the Pan Am hockey things. We're trying to... Get those feeds sent through to, so we can, so we can broadcast them through, uh, the hockey live at the hockey live on Facebook and on Twitter and using the hashtag live stream hockey.
0: Now we're going to have an interesting couple of weeks ahead after, uh, we get through this episode, Matt, because apart from uh, a couple of test matches going on between Scotland and Ireland, the women's at the end of this month, 31st of May to the 3rd of June, uh, the hockey series Open gets underway from the 5th of June in Salamanca, Mexico. So we're going to have to spend some time working our way through all this and a whole series of this hockey series is underway very shortly. Uh, There's also some test matches happening Between the Netherlands and Spain for the men Belgium and France for the men Scotland and Italy In the women's side of things Belgium and Spain in the men Ireland and Canada and the women's So there's a whole heap of test matches coming up Before we get to uh, some of the bigger tournaments The Champions Trophy and the Women's World Cup You mentioned
1: the hockey open there Sorry, you mentioned the hockey open in uh, Salamanca Yep Do we have the Costa Rican men taking part there?
0: Um, just on the F-I-H what is it called that album? yeah
1: I think they are um now I believe this is going to be their first kind of foray. Hey, Costa to, Rica, yeah. Mexico,
0: Panama, Puerto Rico, and the U.S.
1: So I've got something lined up. We're going to get one of the boys that plays for the Costa Rica team to get on and have a chat with us, okay. and uh, hopefully we'll get a bit of an Instagram takeover going on there uh, for their first experience of this kind of tournament. And now remember, uh, remember that's remember, a round
0: robin uh, little setup there. So we'll go through more the setup of how that's going to work. Is
1: just remember our little inside skinny there is. Mon Montserrat Bacado. yes, from the women's Costa Rican national team. Ah, okay. Part of the hashtag TRS World Eleven.
0: That's uh, that's the men's team. Yeah, the women I take it are going on at yes. the same time. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, Salamanca sounds like a nice place to go to play a hockey tournament, doesn't it? Mexico, couple of beers. Do they put lemon in it there? <laughs> like they do here in Australia? I think I don't they, know, Understand I, why? I they think do that's that. where it started off. <sighs> oh well, I thought that if you have got to put a lemon in it, I mean, you know. No.
1: Like, you know my feelings on craft beer, John. I won't
0: bore the listeners. No. No, let's not. Let's, uh, let's get to our... Hope you're our... sitting back
1: enjoying a cold one at the moment and not, not in the car on the way to work.
0: Well, before we get Ernst Bart coming up a little bit later on, why don't we get to our first featured interview? <laughs> you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast.
1: So, joining us on the reverse stick uh, from Hockey for Heroes, the CEO, Joel Forrester, bang in the middle of the Op Endure campaign. Joel, thanks for joining us. are no you? Thanks for having me. Now, I said bang in the middle of the campaign. What is the campaign? What is Hockey for Heroes? And what can you share with the listeners about the uh, what's going on okay, at the moment? Okay,
3: so, so Hockey for Heroes is an organisation that was created in 2012 uh, by uh, a guy called Gary Ryder uh, and a guy called Carl Woods. Um, about four years ago, I stepped in and started becoming a bit more involved with the management of it all. Uh, and then over the last couple of years, I became the, the managing director of the whole organisation. Uh, we've raised uh, in excess of about £200,000 for Help for Heroes, which is um, uh, a British military charity. So they, they support um, those with, with, um, with injuries from wars, war zones. Uh, but not just the, the the injuries. You can see the psychological side of things as well. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We, we're official partners now with that charity, which you know, they're a global enterprise. So it's a massive, massive step for us. Um, we've recently picked up um, sponsors with Adidas uh, and Colgate uh, and a company called Sixia. So they're all our brand sponsors. Um, and what we do, we 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 basically do um, endurance events um, alongside loads of hockey. So last year we raised 68,000 pounds on a a, a a trip called Operation Stretcher, where we carried um, an ex Royal Marine uh, who is, is quadriplegic, um, 200 miles from Cardiff to to London, um, and he was on the stretcher the whole way. Uh, we played four, three or four games of hockey a day over a ten day period. Um and we raised sixty eight K. So this year uh we are the first um hockey for heroes ladies squad uh have uh taken on uh what called Operation Endure. Uh, and it's a big endurance challenge where they're doing um, eight military challenges, so it's ten mile tabs, five mile stretcher carries, log races, battle P D, there's eight different endurance fitness military events, along with three or four games of hockey a day over an eight day period. Uh, we're day five now. We've just completed uh, a ten-mile stretch of carry, um, and we we just landed at Old Sills.
0: Joel, how much uh, support do you get from the military themselves for your endeavours?
3: Yeah, loads. Yeah, they, they, um, we've got lots of representatives from the military within our squads, the guys and girls. Um, we have high-ranking officers that come down to events. Um, and obviously we have all the ambassadors from Help the Heroes that come down as well. So it's myself being ex-military and Gary Ryder being ex-military as well. Um, we've still got some very strong uh, connections with friends that are playing hockey from from within the armed forces here in the UK, across the Army, Navy, and the RAF.
1: That's the thing that interests me, Joel, is, is who who's involved within the squads and what's the makeup of it?
3: So it's a mixture of of um, normal box standard civilians who just wanted to get involved and. and Kind of have an experience of what we're about, along with um, current military serving personnel, along with guys who, who guys and girls who, who used to serve. So it's a mixture of uh, across all three avenues. Um, is is a kind of the makeup of, of the organisation. We've also got um, Andy Halliday, who's who's the um, uh, England and Great Britain manager. Uh-huh, he, yeah. he, he comes with us. He's he's a, he's a key. Key um, uh, person within our organisation who
1: he helps a lot of the management and the, uh, all the hockey stuff whilst we're away uh, on the tours. Now, you, and was Andy involved? He, he did the uh, the continuous hitting of the ball. With was that one of the exercises that happened?
3: Yeah, so that was up last year. Yeah. Andy um, followed behind uh, the, the the group um, and he was dribbling a hockey ball. That's right. Uh, the two hundred mile journey. Uh, then he stopped when we stopped. And when we got to each venue, he would um, uh, he, he would lead the hockey from the, from the touchline uh, of, of substituting all that kind of stuff.
1: So if people are listening and they w- they want to get involved, whether it be on the ground in the UK now or to, or to support or to donate, how how do they do that, Joel? Yeah,
3: so so they can come to our website, which is
1: www.hockeyforheroes.co.uk,
3: or we've got just giving pages or linked to our accounts. We're all over social media. Hockey for Heroes on Instagram and on uh, Twitter, uh, and obviously we've
1: got Facebook pages as well. Um, and that's- so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of how to get in touch with us. Now you mentioned Adidas and Colgate, and I didn't catch the third, the third business. Are there any other sponsors that you'd like to thank out there? Yeah, yeah, so we've,
3: we've got, um, a company called Guardian Pro, who, who provides us all with gum shields, or the girls with gum shields. We've got, um, an organization called, uh, Hawkins who are a sports retailer, um, who provide, uh, lots sort of equipment, clothing, uh, team wear, all that kind of stuff. They've been fantastic. Um, who else we've got? We've got, um, oh, i just put me on the spot now. Who <laughs> 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 we got?
4: Um,
3: so, uh, I can't get, it's a company called Silixia. um, who are a pharmaceutical company. They, they, they've been fantastic. Adam Richard, who plays for the England Masters team, has been um, instrumental, really, with our progression. Um, so, yeah, no, the, the 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 support is coming in from everywhere. England Hockey have been right behind us. So Scotland Hockey and, and, and the Welsh Hockey uh, Associations. Uh, we've got a black tie ball coming up um, on the 14th of July uh, up in Birmingham. So, hoping to fill it out with as many people as possible. We've got some guest speakers and some famous personnel coming down to that. So, um, loads on the horizon. Loads on the horizon, which is fantastic.
1: No, I see just looking at the schedule, the latest game that you play most evenings is 7 o'clock. People, you know, players kind of finish up then straight back to the hotel and off to bed.
3: (laughs) Normally, there's a good drive. So um, last night we had uh, about a four-hour drive to our hotel. The day before we had a two-and-a-half-hour drive. So so even though we, the, the last game might be at seven, we then have to have showers and ice baths and all that kind of stuff and teas. Um, We're normally hitting the road about nine, ten o'clock, and on average about a two-and-a-half-hour journey between each hotel. So normally getting into bed, uh, the girls are normally getting sent off to bed by quarter to twelve, midnight, after we've finished all the admin, all that kind of stuff, it's probably about one half one for the rest of us.
0: So, ice baths, you guys are really taking this seriously, aren't you? It's not just a jolly job.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, physically, um, with the mileage they're covering and the quantity of games uh, they're playing, uh, without some form of, of um, you know, real sensible attention to the recovery side of it all we probably would have about three people left within so within within our support staff um we've got medical team we've got the you know we've got we cover all bases we, we took a lot of nutritional advice for what the girls that should be eating and, and drinking and making sure they're not just getting on water there's electrolytes as well um so yeah it's been the, the planning to ensure we can sustain these girls over
1: the eight days has um has, has been been monumental really all right, just going to finish off, Joel. Are they winning some games? So I think
3: we've we've lost two over the last sixteen games, um, and we've drawn three
5: or four, and then won the rest.
0: Wow, that's a pretty good record. I mean, yeah. considering yeah. all the other work you're doing in, but is, is someone not getting ahead of you and telling these teams, look, they've just run ten k's or fifty k's or something? <laughs> no, no, no.
3: We're, we're playing. We're playing. You know, teams like Beast and First Team, Loughborough. Old Lout, uh, Leicester, um, Bowden last night. So these are you know national league top yeah. teams here in the UK. So they're putting up um, you know a real battle, and the girls we've got, it's an absolute testament to them that they they just you know they 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 don't know the meaning of the word give up, um, yeah. which is what we're about. That's what the badge is about, and that's what we need. We need them to show you know the people we're representing when they're going to the war zones, when when it all hits the fan, they they. they you know, chin goes down. They they fight on through, and that's the whole point of what what we want them to experience. You know, get to that point where they're physically and mentally completely fatigued, um, but still find that bit of courage and passion to, to keep going.
0: So that's our over fifty side, Matt. That's the sort of stuff <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> Have you guys with a, with results like that thought about entering the team in a league? The thing is, the, the, the girls are—they are, come from all over the country.
3: So we've got people from the north end of Leeds and Scotland, all yeah. the way down to the south coast. So it's not sadly—I um, don't think that's actually going to be achievable.
1: That'd be a good idea, though. Maybe just the Easter tournaments or something like that, going clean, yeah, clean up there. Yeah, the... a bit of booze tours. Yeah. But going
3: to be a bit of a—hopefully a bit of a social
1: tonight. So uh, the, the girls can let their hair down a little bit in a couple of beers and of course, you, you you won't take part at all. No, no. no Someone's no, got to no, look after the match. No. <laughs> well, we wish you all the best with the, the remainder of Op Endure. Brilliant. And, and um, thank, thank, you thank so yeah, much. thank you for jo- thank you for joining us, champ. And yeah, you know, enjoy it. It's it's amazing that you're you're raising funds for such a worthy cause. And we'll we'll post all no, the links definitely. on our thank social you. media and um, do our best to, to get behind it for you.
3: Oh mate, that'd be brilliant. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll make sure the girls get a photo out to you later on.
1: Great stuff. Thanks, Joel. Thanks. Cheers, so lot. guys. Take care. And that was Joel Forrester from Hockey for Heroes joining us here on the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Now, Joel, there is of course in the middle of hashtag Endure with the Hockey for Heroes ladies. If you're in the UK and uh, you happen to pick this up as it's been released Friday the 1st of June the girls are in uh, Guildford Hockey Club three games there against a military team Wimbledon and Guildford Hockey Club that's following the log race John and uh, Saturday the 2nd of June at Canterbury Hockey Club they've got a military PT session to kick things off before they then go on to play just the five games against Maidstone Seven Oaks, Maidstone uh, Folkestone Maidstone and Canterbury Uh I'd probably fancy the Canterbury Canterbury game most, wouldn't you? they they might win. Game five. (laughs) 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 Particularly on the record that they've they've shown so far.
0: It's an incredible record, and good luck to everybody involved with that. As you mentioned, it's a great cause. That's
1: right. Get online, have a look at Hockey for Heroes, and if you've got a little bit to give, then please do give to a good cause.
0: They should explore the idea of uh, forming a club and joining a league somewhere. Now it's time we get on to uh, the final of our well, second part of our hockey chit chat that we started last week in celebration of our fiftieth episode. <laughs> here on the reverse stick. Sensational. Work. Well, the
1: celebration continues, obviously, it does. John, doesn't it? Because it does. uh, yeah, it just it flowed and flowed and flowed in our conversation, and uh, I really enjoyed Ern- Ernst's piece and the contribution from all of our. Wonderful
0: panelists. So let's kick it off with part two of the Reverse Stick 50th Hockey Chit Chat. Anyway, oh. time to get to you, Ernst.
2: <laughs> okay, you saved you say the, the 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 guy who talks the longest <laughs> <put> for <off>. the <laughs> So I I, I hope I hope everybody's not falling asleep at the moment <laughs> and, uh, and 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 still and still awake for my piece here. Where well <laughs> with you, Ernst? So, but okay, perfect. H- here right. we go. Here we go. Finally. <laughs> so. My topic of choice for for this uh, global hockey podcast and 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 let me join the previous to- uh, speakers uh, as well in congratulating you guys on on your fiftieth uh, anniversary here. Thank it's, you uh, Ed. it's a great achievement. Uh, but my topic of choice was or is tradition versus innovation. Um, so my talking points will be okay wh- the, wh- what are the components of traditional hockey for me and and then I'm talking about one top hockey versus recreational hockey. And two, domestic hockey versus international hockey. And three, outdoor hockey or 11-a-side hockey versus indoor hockey or 6-a-side hockey. And I want to compare that to the recent innovations we've seen uh, in in the game of hockey. Innovations on on the terms of events and formats of the game, but also uh, innovations in rules. And I think that we see not enough innovations in other fields. And I would like to uh, finish by that.
1: Now, Erd, can, can you give
2: us all a moment Just to sharpen our pencils Let me declare Right from the beginning what where, where I stand What my colours are I am a traditionalist I think hockey is great The way it is It should change as little as possible And if there are any people out there Who don't like it Or don't understand it Well that's your loss Hockey should not adapt to the public Sports fans around the world should be taught to understand and love the game as is. That is my point of view here. And then if you you go back and you you talk about, okay, what what, what for me is traditional hockey? The first topic is, is top hockey versus recreational hockey. And then challenges there, because it is different throughout the world. Top hockey in some countries will be full pro hockey players guys who are really fully professional, invested in in the game. But in a lot of countries, these guys will be semi-pro. And then when they are talking about some of the top nations, like the Netherlands or Belgium or Australia or Germany, these guys are not full pro. Forget about it. They are semi-pro. And then most of the countries are just plain amateurs. All of the countries outside of the top ten, these guys playing top hockey, mind you, are amateurs. Guys who are playing uh, Like in Ireland Or in France Or in Canada Or whatever They have to pay their way To make it to international tournaments yeah. They're not even wait, These guys take unpaid leave From their work You could say that's, that's one thing But even they have to Invest in making the, the, the travel to, to go to Rio for example and, and they have to invest their own money to, to, to be there So that's really amateuristic hockey And it is very difficult to be able to manage uh, a sport globally If at a top level It's so diverse And that is one of the, the things That is really is different for us Compared to the big sports like football Because pro football All over the world is pro football And that is not the case for hockey and, But if you compare top hockey Versus recreational hockey Then the differences get even bigger I think uh, if, if, you, if you look throughout the world We've got obviously the the, the system I know the best is is the club system. We are familiar with in countries like the Netherlands or Belgium and Germany, which are big family-oriented clubs where where the kids come with their parents, brothers and sisters play in the in in the same uh, club, uh, nephews and nieces, aunts and uncles, fathers and mothers, grandparents. They all come together at the club and they spend a lot of time together at one club at one event, and it's it's really it's a social activity. It's a hobby And it's a way of life here Uh, And that makes a big difference From other kinds of club systems Uh, If for example You look at countries like Spain or Argentina Where you also have family oriented clubs But these are the big multi-sport clubs The the same clubs They will offer you rugby They will offer you football They will offer you tennis They will offer you hockey They will offer you padel Golf, whatever So it, it is a different environment And then you've got For me I'm not not that familiar with it, but the way I see it from abroad, you've got typical Anglo-Saxon kind of clubs, which are usually smaller clubs, and with a more targeted audience. You've got clubs who are focused on students. You've got clubs who are focused on male adult teams. And you've got clubs who are focused on only youth teams and stuff like that. And they only play in regional competitions. And you've got, of course, in, in, in a lot of countries in the world, you've got the school system. I think honestly if, if you if you're playing field hockey in, in the US of A, if you're not in school you can't play hockey anymore almost. Uh, and obviously in, in in a lot of countries, most of them, them Asian countries probably there is not such a really thing as, as an organized club system or an organized recreational system. These are more uh, one off tournaments uh some one day tournaments, some three day tournaments or multiple day tournaments and one day you decide to play with this team in, in this tournament and a month later you play with another team in another tournament. So all that also makes it very difficult to to, to manage both top hockey and recreational hockey on, on a global scale. And um, next component is, is what I think is is the domestic hockey versus international hockey. It's where some countries, you have federations, national federations, national bodies who focus almost solely on the national teams and on international hockey. And other countries, they consider the domestic hockey, the recreational hockey to be the foundation of the game. That, that is a completely different approach and makes it again very difficult to manage the expectations from all, all all around the world. And it is becoming a big problem for these countries that Consider domestic hockey to be the foundation of the game to, to, to manage this Because at the moment The FIH Is fully focused on international hockey And is almost forcing all national federations To do the same uh, So that makes it very difficult for countries like The Netherlands, Belgium or Germany To sustain the model that they have here uh, The third component From traditional hockey for me Was 11 versus 11 or 6 versus 6 So Obviously, I think we all agree that the outdoor hockey or the 11-a-side hockey, that is, at the moment, the main format of the game. Uh, next to that, we have what we call today the indoor hockey, which is a 6 versus 6 hockey. And I think this could be maybe even rebranded to to just a 6-a-side hockey or hockey 6 or whatever you want to call it. But because it can be played outdoor as well. it the thing that makes it different is that you don't play it on artificial grass. You play it on a, on a different surf, surface. And if then you come to to the recent innovations that uh, are are being made by by the the likes of the F.I.H. Uh, and some of these we like and some some of these we hate. And and one I absolutely hate and fear is the hockey fives that is being forced upon us. Uh, they they claim. They claim that it is the IOC, the Olympics, that is forcing us to have fewer players on the team and the smaller teams and a more exciting urban kind of hockey, more modern or stuff. To me, uh, that is absolutely bullshit. Uh, I, I think it is the biggest mistake the FIAs could make is promote Hockey Fives. Because Hockey Fives doesn't exist. It has no followers. It has no fan base. There is no infrastructure in the world For hockey fives And what would be the added value Of hockey fives If you compare it to the actual game That exists at the moment Which is a hockey six game Six versus six The indoor hockey Which could be played outside as well So For me It, it is the biggest mistake That they are making is, is is focusing on hockey fives And I really think That they should Ditch that as soon as possible And focus on The two games that we have Two formats that we have 11 aside and 6 aside indoor which could be played outdoors and those games suit all of the necessities to promote and grow our sport worldwide and we don't need a hoc- another hockey fives one of the innovations in 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 in, in formats or events that uh, that I did like and, and we talked about it a little bit before the shows already is the hockey series um, it's, it's the tweaking of what used to be the Hockey World League. Uh, and what I like about it is that it, it, it keeps the basic good idea that was behind the original Hockey World League of allowing all countries, also the small ones and the ones without a big hockey tradition, to dream big and to participate in, in the possibility of, of joining the big events. Um, what I think it's, it's, it's a good thing now with the hockey series is that they did simplify the, the format because the hockey world League was way too complicated. Nobody understood the system where you're playing finals during half, uh, semifinals and uh, finals during quarterfinals and whatever. Uh, so this hockey series, which is about to start uh, I think next month is the, the, the first the first events of, yeah, of this yeah. new hockey series will be launched. Uh, I, th- I do think it's a good idea. I do think that there is room for improvement, uh, still, uh, but there always will be, will be. But I do like the idea behind it. It gives smaller countries the possibility to dream big and, and to start building, uh, the game of hockey in their country and, and, and showing some international uh, exposure as well. The next big thing that will be launched by the FIH Obviously is the Hockey Pro League uh, and, and that has been Talked about uh, a lot uh, on, on on the hockey uh, media uh, All over the world from for, for, for the last couple of months And, and more than a year already uh, We're about to start It's, 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 it's uh, almost half a year uh, Six months or more or less and, and then the first game will be played What I do love about the Hockey Pro League Is the basic concept Behind it again It's more games in front of home crowds that I think is a brilliant idea. That is truly good marketing, and and that will help us sport. Will it be a sustainable format? That remains a question because all of the other criteria that we need to get uh, a format like this uh, a good start, yeah, they haven't been uh, filled in by the F.I.H. to the uh, at this moment. Uh, we don't have a big sponsor. We don't know about the finances, uh, so that is still a big question. What I think still remains uh, to be to to be changed, uh, and I was not happy with with the the newest innovation or the newest change in events is is the the big qualifiers. Uh, so I mean the the qualifier tournament for the World Cup and the qualifier event for the Olympic Games, because they changed the rules for this. Uh, And not according to what they Originally talked about when they launched The hockey revolution Uh, So some of the, the changes are good Some of them are bad But to be honest I am beginning to understand why India Pulled out of the Hockey Pro League at this moment Because honestly I think in this system Which is still a complicated system But already simpler than before But it is easier to get to the qualifier Through the hockey series Than if you're A hockey pro league country No doubt No doubt That is That is not a good idea Honestly I think that the, The second round Of the hockey series Should also be open For Pro league countries And Pro league countries Should be able To be playing In the hockey series Finals as well And get To The qualifier For the Olympics Or the qualifier For the World Cup Through that way And honestly I do think That the hockey pro league Should not give any seats for this qualifier It is an invitational tournament It's an invitational event It is there to promote hockey Great, top idea Love it Hope you get it financed But please do not issue global ranking points for this event And do not give seats to major qualifying events For the, the, the really major tournaments Because it is an invitational tournament So it would not be fair Um... And that rings also the 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 next issue that I think that we truly need some 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 new ideas. That is this global ranking system because today <laughs> it is completely unfair. Uh, and I fear because what I've heard in the grapevine about the change they want to make, it will remain an unfair system with points being issued for continental champions and points being issued for hockey pro league uh, games.
1: So, hurts, uh, you're being a little and bit. That is something you're, that you're being a will bit, have you're
2: a big impact. Yeah. On.
1: You're being a little bit naughty there because you're bringing the global ranking system into the debate and you know that that could be three shows back-to-back back with that one. Um, gee, you've brought up some points there. I hope our panellists have uh, written down some notes. So uh, what, what? you're a, trad- a traditionalist then. Um, uh, yeah, look, I agree. It's great the way it is. Let's, uh, let's open it out. We, we can talk about, do you think it's great the way it is? Do we need to change the... Uh, The FIH and National Association priorities, domestic versus international teams. Uh, 11v11, 6v6, Hockey Fives, Uh, the Hockey Series. (laughs) Is it giving everybody an opportunity to dream big? And uh, uh, why not chuck in the Hockey Pro League if you've got something to say about that as well? Tyron, off you go.
4: (laughs) John, have you written it down?
0: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we, we, not all of it. Matt's got it written down. That's what I've got a secretary for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, look. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, look, J- now, Jazz, well, how about we start with you? Because India did cause some waves with this whole hockey world league thing when they, when they withdrew. Pro league. Pro league, sorry. Mm. Um, what's the feeling on the Indian side of things about that's,
4: See, um, the reason officially or unofficially that was given was that um, it, it doesn't fit into uh, the system because India want, India thought that it's easier to um, qualify through the Hockey World League than the Hockey Pro League and off the record everybody knows that there were some off-field issues as well which some thought prompted India's decision uh, to pull out of uh, the Hockey Pro League But at the Hockey World League, the the former CEO of the FIH did mention that the doors uh, are always open for India to come back into the Hockey Pro League. And it's for the obvious reasons because uh, Hockey Pro League is sustainable only if if it has uh, enough money in terms of sponsors and all that. And I'm sure most of you would agree that most of the money pumped into the international hockey these days is coming from India so unless uh, india is there uh, participating in the hockey pro league it it looks uh, unsustainable at this point i i hope fih can pull it off but um, with india not being part of the hockey pro league it looks unsustainable and uh, uh, as of now uh, its status quo they are uh, out of the hockey pro league and they're focusing on the hockey world league and uh, possibly qualifying for the Olympics uh, uh, through uh, by defending their Asian Games gold and uh, get that monkey off their back. Uh, in, in that case, it will uh, put the ball firmly in India's sport whether they want to come back to the Hockey Pro League or not. But yeah, that's the uh, state right now in terms of Hockey Pro League uh, as far as India is concerned.
1: Now, Jazz, what about your view with regard to the games? Great the way it is. Do you do you prefer the eleven v eleven format do you like quarters do you like halves what's what's your take
4: like ernst I am also a traditionalist uh, a forty year old traditionalist um, who who would like to see the game as is right now because um, at many points uh, whenever I discuss this thing with uh, my hockey colleagues uh, whether the game should grow in by way of innovating and uh, Bringing in different uh, uh, innovations into it, like the hockey sixes, hockey five, so um, two goals counting for a field goal, etc., etc. Uh, then we always compare it with the f- with football. Obviously, it's it's not a viable comparison at this stage because football is is the most popular game the world has ever seen. But how many times have you seen football making an innovation in terms of rules and regulations? Um, uh, uh, ha, 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 has it lost its sustainability by not doing that? No, it hasn't. So why, why, why hockey needs to do it? Um, as Ernst, Ernst said that there is pressure from the uh, IOC, IOC uh, in terms of um, uh, introducing the hockey six hockey fives and hockey sixes uh, so that it becomes uh, more enjoyable, more uh, a T20 cricket kind of things where, it, where things happen in a flash. But, but in terms of, uh, like Ernst said again, that if you don't like the 11 versus 11 format, then it's your loss. It (laughs) needs to stay, it needs to stay as is, and if, uh, 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 and, and the onus lies with FIH how to promote it the way it is right now. Why, why, why they couldn't, why they can't do it, the reasons need to be found out for that. Not, not, not by making, introducing, uh, almost foolish things like, uh, counting a field goal as two and the spectators in the, uh, stands are, um, uh, left high and dry that how the team that was losing two one scored a field goal in the last ten seconds and won three two. So, 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 so that, that, that's a foolish thing to consider. So, if, if you, if you, uh, um, think about traditional, tradition versus uh, innovation, I am in the creation camp. Let me, let me uh, get
2: into that because, because I ag- agree with uh, a lot of the comments that Jazz made here. And, 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 and you cut me off before that I could make my final point here. Because, because okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> complaining a lot about what should not be done and, and what is wrong at the moment. But if I want to I focus and I want to end on, on what I do think is the innovation that we do need and we should be done, And will help hockey to grow As a sport worldwide Is innovations in the way that we bring The game to the public I think the innovations should be focused The next couple of years Not on rule changes Not on format changes, not on events or whatever They should be focused completely On the way that you broadcast Your game or narrowcast your game Or do live streamings Do multiple screens, do multiple cameras Do a lot of slow motions Bring in Please, please bring in more stats Talk about circle penetrations Talk about tackles Talk about steals Talk about shots on target, off target All about the stats that, that really create the vibe around the game The way the Americans do If, if, you, if you talk to the to, to American sport guys and You talk NBA or you talk Major League Baseball They talk about the stats We don't talk about the stats enough Because that will help us understand the game And the way the game is played and finally, I think, and that that is probably a sore point for some, that we need knowledgeable commentators, because at the moment, the guys who are doing commentating for our hockey. game of hockey are <laughs> guys who don't know what they're talking about. Some of these guys are professional commentators, but they don't know the sport. Some of these guys know a little bit about the sport, but they don't know how to be a commentator, and this is where we really lose a lot of audience. If you get a good commentator, he will bring the love for the game to the people, to the sports fans who are not actual hockey fans at the moment. And I think Even that is the innovation okay. we need.
4: Even if you're running a personal blog, you can be a good commentator. <laughs> <laughs> Some might.
0: <laughs> I'll make sure I play him that little bit, Jazz <laughs> I too.
1: Think, I think Jazz is pitching for a job,
0: actually. <laughs> now, Keely, what you, let's bring you into this conversation.
6: Sure. Well, I, I think we've got a bit of a, well, a very different perspective here in Canada because we are a, a tiny hockey nation. Even though our men do punch well above their weight on the international stage, that's largely due to the fact that, uh, those individual players are actually just kind of tagging along with the exceptional club systems that are, you know, elsewhere in Europe and they go over and play there and develop as top level players and then come back and compete for Canada, whereas the women haven't been afforded those same opportunities. Um, I, I think that we we sort of w- watch all this and just go, God, we, we can't even get this right. Like, we're just trying to figure out how to develop a club, and we're just trying to get our turf laid, and we're just, can we just slow down a little bit so we can get 11 on 11 right? Now, we sent a men's team down to the youth Um, Olympic qualifier. So a a junior Pan Am team on the boys side and they did manage to squeeze in, um, coming in in third. And so they are going to the youth Olympics. And uh, to me that it, it cheapens a lot of things about hockey because we don't, we're not playing the game as, as Ernst points out in the traditional way. We don't have the broad, the breadth of. Uh, international competition actually focusing any efforts on this Hockey Fives whatsoever, and to me, it's counterintuitive. If you want more kids to play, why are you putting them fewer, them fewer of them on the pitch? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me, and I made a joke earlier with you guys, I know, about how pretty soon the umpires are going to outnumber the players if we keep going this way, which, hey, cool, but probably <laughs> not what we want. So... Um, I, I guess I would fall in the traditionalist camp as well and that what we need to be focusing on is what what do we do best as hockey and do that better instead of trying to be everything to everyone with all of these different formats. It's just the diversification is just way too hard for the rest of us smaller countries to keep up with.
2: Spot awesome. on. Spot on.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you, Keely. Tyrone. You've been sitting back quietly listening to all of this What do you T- make
1: it Turn your up? mic on, mate
5: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had to uh, digest some of it um, So obviously, uh, I mean uh, Regular listeners will know that I am a massive indoor hockey fan um, Whether you call it indoor hockey Whether you call it hockey sixes I think in indoor hockey uh, FIH already have a superb T20 version of their game I think we can all agree That the 11 aside Should be the The biggest version Of the game It should be the ultimate Version of the game And it should be the version That That uh, dominates Um Our headlines And our tournaments And stuff But the indoor hockey Offers a very uh, Palatable Alternative That is already Phenomenal I mean When I was in Croatia In January Um I mean I streamed an indoor hockey game On one cell phone (laughs) Um and I think it just offers you an alternative. You know, you don't need an turf. You can play in any school hall. You can just put up two goals and you can play. Put a bit of tape on the floor so the infrastructure costs become a lot less and for the development of the game, it becomes a lot less. It is a lot safer than this demonic version of the game that they call Hockey Fives. <laughs> um, which, which, you know, I, I am maybe a little bit younger... <laughs> In the sense that uh, By definition I fit as a millennial uh, But only by definition Um, And I too I think uh, FIH Where I've always said Hockey has been great Is they've always adapted When they've needed to But now it appears That they're trying to adapt When they don't have to They have a good product And instead of spending Their energy on Exactly what And said now Finding the right way To take their sport To the masses They're spending energy On trying to break The sports that all of us love I think you know You've spoken about it a lot The Franken-9s I think Hockey 5s I mentioned the, the Varsity sports in South Africa Where they are Exploring the The two point field goal And the power play You know what I, I'm not a fan I think Traditional form of the game You know I, I also am a fan of cricket And I love test cricket I think the traditional form of a game Is where you test anybody's skills uh, To the greatest level I think you have a great alternative, and if the Olympics eventually say, "Look, you need to cut down and only have a smaller version," using hockey—it's cheaper, it's it's there, and more teams can play it. But the World Cup then becomes a bigger, bigger spectrum. Um, in terms of the pro league, the only thing I'll say is 100% agree—it should not have any qualifying uh, points or ranking points in the sense that it doesn't involve everybody in a tournament. It's only Available to those who have been invited Cannot and should not Separate you in terms of qualification As South Africa We are obviously really disappointed That we weren't invited, we did uh, enter Because it just means that the gap That's between us and some of the bigger Nations is just going to grow The uh, opportunity for them to come And tour South Africa uh, When they used to tour, this is now when they'll be Playing pro league, so we're going To have to be innovative in trying to get More games for our teams Because right now, uh, realistically, we've got our Continental qualifiers and as it stands, we're not part of any of the Open Series yet. Um, And that's it. So we appoint a coach for Commonwealth and Continental and that's it. So hockey, innovative sports, absolutely. You know, the rule where you could self-pass, the rule when changed when you could play in the air were fantastic additions to the game. I think the way hockey has done video assistant referees is is, for me, a a highlight and something that the world of football should look towards. Um, At times, it's still frustrating, but most of the time, we get the right call, the one review, but now stop trying to change a working model.
1: I
4: I would like to get back to uh, what Ernst mentioned about statistics, Um, um, talking about statistics, Talking about statistics, uh, in, uh, he, he, what he mentioned was about a particular game like circle penetrations, shots on goal, position, etc., yeah. uh, which is uh, which is shown on screen during uh, live broadcast, which happens only, unfortunately, only for major international uh-huh. tournaments. But uh, what I would like to touch here is statistics on a broader spectrum, like. The, s- the fans should have re- uh, readily accessible information that how many international matches a certain oh, yeah, in, yeah. Or, or their favorite player has played, which which you can uh, spend uh, I think fifteen years to find for one single player. It's annoying, man. <laughs> and uh, and and you may still find the wrong information or or multiple information at different places. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so uh, I I am coming in here from the point of view of a journalist who might have to write a profile of a certain player, and for that he had to run from pillar to post to find out how many p- matches he has played or uh, how many matches he has, how many goals international goals he has scored, mm. and there is there is hardly any information available anywhere around the globe. Um, the only man I know who can give me uh, pinpoint accurate information is a person called BG Joshi who who happens to be uh, living in India is uh, a a retired government official and has record for all international matches that have been played till now and it's deadly authentic but the FIH despite him uh, getting in touch with them on multiple occasions uh, has have not uh, entertained him the way he should be entertained like whether they are considering it they are looking to put it on but um, and why, why go as far as fih even it's his his stats are not hosted even on uh, the hockey india website so if if your host country is not doing it then i can't blame the fih so first of all the host country needs to have it on their website and and and, and, and it's not that they have to go anywhere uh, to find it they ju- they have a man in place in their country they have just have to pay him certain amount of money um, because he has put in his effort so that's also equally important and the information will be available uh, and i would like to compare this with uh, coming from india obviously i i, I compare more most of the sports especially hockey with cricket uh, why because uh, for, for t- to find statistics about cricketers it's almost a left hand job you can just go to Crick Info sites like Crick Info, Crick Buzz, and they have uh, they have uh, a, a statistics tool called Stats Guru where you can find you can uh, trickle down to information as minute as um, on which day of the Test match a certain player played how many balls. So if if that kind of information can be available in one sport, why can't it be available in the other sport? And 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 why can't the FIH make an effort in this regard and uh Maybe find a person like Vijay Joshi or somebody else who is providing similar stats to host it on their website so that the fans can get access to that. It's also one of the way of getting fans back into the game, young fans who are more inclined to social media, the websites and all that, where they, um, which is the first thing they go to to find anything out. So why can't the FIH make that kind of investment off the field? That's what I'm trying to point out.
1: Well, hopefully they're going to listen to this episode and uh, take a few tips, Jazz. <laughs>
0: Oh look, I couldn't agree with you any more, Jazz. I it's been a bugbear of mine since we started doing this podcast. It's statistics for hockey just do not exist. They're they're almost invisible. Now look, guys, it's um we've had you here for a long time. We're going to have to wrap things up in a minute. But just on what Ernst said, I'd I'd just like to say two things. Uh, first of all, drawing a long bow here, but I hope you follow me. The <laughs> One of the most conservative groups within our our, our societies is, is farmers. If you've ever been around farmers, you know how conservative they can be. And they are pretty much traditionalists. But if you go to a farm, you will also see how bloody innovative they are. Farmers innovate all the time. They do amazing things around their farms because they don't have access. You know, invention is the assess- mother of... What is it? Uh, inventive. Uh, yeah, people know what I let's mean. is
4: the mother of invention.
0: Yeah, that, that's <laughs> it. And that's very much where farmers sit. So as conservative they are, they still have an, a, a mind that can tick over and be inventive, but not as inventive as, well, why don't we plant in winter this year instead of autumn? Or not as inventive as, oh, let's leave it until it gets to after summer before we do our harvest. There's certain things that are invaluable within your sport that you should maintain, and there's other things it can tinker with, and I think we've identified tonight the things that we should be tinkering with and the stuff that we need to leave alone, which is the game itself. The game is fine. It's all the issues around the game that we need to worry about. The second thing I'd like to say, Ernst, you brought up the, the hockey revolution there. That is the biggest load of marketing crap I've heard in a long time, the hockey revolution. They might as well have dressed up a bloke in a Che Guevara suit from the local deli getting on TV saying, oh, we got a price revolution, tomatoes, $2.99 a kilo. It's on that level of marketing. It is seriously poor. It's no revolution at all, unless they're talking about a wheel going around in a circle and ending up where it started. Because that's what the hockey revolution is. If they wanted a hockey revolution, they would be going back to the clubs. They would be pouring time, effort and energy into making club hockey a stronger... Uh, beast than it you know that 's where the sport lacks. the sport will never go professional at the international level because we rely on government funding to make it happen and uh, you know the, the quicker we get rid of this notion that the revolution is actually something that 's changing the game, the
4: better off we 'll be that 's my piece
1: uh, epic rant alert <laughs> thanks keely for the little note you just sent yeah, before,
4: uh, before you uh, wrap it up john uh, yeah. it's three it 's three one in favor of the traditionalists with um, Tyran um, I think Tyron More inclined Towards the innovation So you and John you and, you and Matt Are left to vote So that we can know Whether it's a draw Or it's a Hello, than the
1: thanks Jazz I'm all I
4: Remember with the oh. innovation That my vote counts for three
5: now Because <laughs> it is a field goal
1: <laughs> Good on you good <laughs> Yeah no I'm all for the hockey nines And can't wait for uh, The Australian the hockey, hockey League to launch And right. I'm hoping, hoping That it's, we're going to have Six quarters of Nine minutes per quarter so And uh, mix hockey in the middle Half a
4: point to go to-
1: uh, half, uh, half a point when you score a goal From, the, from your own half Jazz Surely you know that by now.
0: <laughs> oh, look, uh, anybody want a last word before we uh, we wrap this all up?
1: And, uh, just before we do go, and anybody does get their last word, and congratulations to everybody we haven't mentioned, uh, Dr. Batra all evening. Fantastic. Well done. Anybody, anybody, <laughs> go for
2: it. It was difficult. It was really difficult. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thanks for your time, Ernst. <laughs>
2: Thanks very much,
4: guys.
5: And Keely, congrats-
4: Congratulations on your 50th episode once again.
0: Oh, thank you, Jasper. Thank you for joining us. Keely Dunn, you're there still?
6: Absolutely. And I just really appreciate the opportunity to bring all these, you know, diverse views from all over the world together. So what a great way to celebrate the 50th episode. Good job, guys.
0: It might become the 51st episode as well, looking at the timing. <laughs> 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 time. We might be splitting it over two weeks, this one, folks. <laughs> uh, Ernst, thanks again for joining us.
2: It was it was great being here, guys. Loved loved uh, chatting with uh, all kinds of people from all kinds of parts of the world, bringing in their views, and that is what hockey is all about.
5: Well, then from us, I just yeah. Well, done on fifty, I think um, it's been a fantastic addition to the hockey media uh, environment, having the podcast to listen to regularly, and I think it's what we all want. We all just want more info, and if you just listen here there's just passion for the game and that's what we want we want to see the game continue to grow so thanks everybody
1: thank you Tyron, thank you for your efforts and thank you for your kind words, I did want to mention to words before, we wanted uh, wanted solutions not problems and <laughs> geez, you brought a few up there um, it, it's been a delight ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining us on the 50th episode and uh, yeah, great stuff guys, thank you
0: You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the final part of our hockey chit-chat from our 50th anniversary celebration. 50th podcast. Yeah, that's good. That's exactly the sound effect we were looking too
1: for. Too tight to even... Can't like, kind of, kind of be bothered <laughs> to get a sound effect if <laughs> I Google. Jeez, such poor production quality.
0: We'll have to get going on that um, translator, though, again. Yeah. Um, what are we going to talk about now? If you want to comment about anything that was said to in any of our podcasts, especially that one and some of the yeah, discussion we'll there, how can the people tell us about We'd Love stuff. to
1: hear the feedback through the social media channels, of course, John, on Instagram, on Facebook and on Twitter, all at The Reverse Stick. That's where you'll find us. Um, you know, Instagram's a bit more for the pretty picture generation. Um, so, if you do want to comment, put a pretty picture up with something hockey related on there it's We'll, not gonna be a we'll answer it. if it
0: involves us
1: um but also you can also connect with us on scored dot com um we've got an account on there there's also a t r s world eleven team on there as well which you could join if you wanted to um and you can direct message me matt allen you'll find me on there and uh as a player for um for my club and uh, yeah, get connected on scored. Good idea. Look, look out for the Macarto. That's market uh, for those that speak the Inglese uh, And uh, there's been lots of rumours and uh, lots of information about who's playing for whom and who's going where on on that resource. There, it looks very exciting for the world of hockey, John.
0: I want to throw up an idea now, Matt. Go for it. I want to talk about the global hockey calendar. I've mentioned this before the idea that we should have a global hockey calendar well we have one don't we
1: no hang on a minute hang on we, there is one no it's not well, no, it's the, all well, over the shop uh, no because there, there's a, uh, a calendar that England hockey run to there's, there's a it's calendar all over the shop Dutch hockey run to there's a calendar that German hockey run to There's and a calendar that Australia. what
0: we need a globalised hockey calendar so the global hockey world knows what the hell's going on and let me give you an and what really got me going on it this week is uh Simon Orchard sent out a tweet complaining about the fact that, Um The bloke who's coaching the uh, side that you're uh, yes, vice president he, he, of <laughs> <did,
1: laughs>
0: at that, that Simon Orchard. Oh
1: that umpire hater, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah Apparently yeah. he umpired at the weekend, he had did. a very good game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He uh he did put out a hashtag, didn't he? I
1: I didn't see that but was I heard there? I heard from another source that what he, would d- do? That, that he went alright. What?
0: <laughs> one of his tweets was like hashtag what would Murray do?
1: Yeah, it was in relation to that, yeah.
0: Yes. Very clever. Anyway, allegedly. Um, but no, well, no, well, no, he it's put there. out. <laughs> he put out a tweet uh, talking about why has Australian hockey organised the uh, tournament. What was it again? I can't even remember off the top of my head now. Yeah, uh, anyway, the, all the international players would be away during... What would well, no, it's, a ca-
1: it's a camp. Camp. Yeah, They're yeah. yeah there's right. not a tournament. There's a camp. It's yeah. a camp.
0: So all the international players. But it's players a pre World Cup. Yeah. Camp. For all the international players during the middle of what is traditionally finals time for club hockey in Australia. A three
1: three week period in September.
0: Yep. Yeah. And which has always been finals time for hockey clubs in Australia. There's no surprise that we would be playing our finals at that time of the year. And so there was a lot of backlash against the idea that they would pick that time to have that particular camp. And it got me thinking on the broader scale of, of hockey needing a calendar and, dare I say it, much like football, soccer, in that um, we should run everybody at the same time and have a calendar where there's certain sections of the year that are blocked off for international events um, and things like Euro Championship finals and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I would suggest, and this will rankle with perhaps some traditionalists in the northern European states, that the uh, global hockey calendar should run something like from um, sp- spring to autumn for 11-a-side hockey. And over the winter time in the northern hemisphere, it should be given over to the six or seven-a-side format of indoor hockey and uh, that way if we were all synchronised then we could all have a calendar where that, that there was a, say a three week break where a major tournament was happened. there would be time given over when national teams could, could get together and it would also mean pairing back of, of the national commitments so more players would be available to go and play at clubs which would um, excite more people to go down and watch their clubs because their international players are going to be playing there and it would generate more interest in the international level because you are playing fewer games there's more speculation about selections there's less games there's a whole lot of arguments for that but I'm throwing it out there that we need a globalised hockey calendar well
1: you've, you've sprung it on me for a start I did but, but, but straight up I see some quite sensible practicalities there with it when you mention um,
0: I'm not saying there's not issues with it too but when you when,
1: when, when you mention Northern Europe um so i think i mentioned last week or the week before that we, we we no longer have this uh cricket hockey on season off season thing necessarily that's um it's it's something yeah. a bit of a relic of the past probably linked to some kind of grammar school um private school system um on the on the teaching side of things that's it. you you kind of pick your sport a bit earlier and what well, yeah okay whatever um so if you look at somewhere like England where everything has kind of been forced onto astroturf, onto yep. artificial turf, because in the main it was too hard to, um, maintain decent grass fields through the shitty weather that they get <laughs> through, through the winter and you end up getting half a season out of, out of a field, um, you wouldn't have that problem in the summer, would you? No. So maybe there's an opportunity there for a start for more grass hockey and more club hockey together, so adjacent to a turf or whatever it might be. You mentioned to me me before as well, sand-based turfs, they suffer from the weather as much as some of the grass fields do at times. Um, So even though you've got an artificial turf down, doesn't mean you're going to be able to use it in the winter. And and you look at the snow covering and things you know things like that that you'd see all all over the winter uh, across northern Europe, which stop games happening.
0: And the amount of games that are being lost to eleven-a-side hockey when they could have been indoors playing indoor hockey. Uh, it, it just strikes me as a natural way to go, and I'm sure the rest of the world can easily fit in—not just play, Europe. Play, play, playing, playing indoor hockey,
1: does it matter if you play it in the winter or you play it in the summer?
0: No, but what it would do is it would allow each each part of the game to have a certain part of the calendar that that that's the prime. They get prime, you know, coverage, or that's where our interest is in that part of it. So yeah. they get some sort of privacy yeah. about their their slot. Yeah. Now that's not to say there might not be something that has to happen. During the, during the indoor season of an outdoor nature or vice versa. But it would, it would allow, uh, us to each focus on each bit separately and, and give each exposure that it needs. Yeah. And also align all the nations up. It would make those, <laughs> it's a lot of money to build a bloody turf, right? And it's no good having it sitting there, not being used for three or four weeks or longer because it's frozen or snowed in during the middle of your season. Those, those, Facilities have to be utilised, so why not make them available, Why not put the season at a time when they can be utilised constantly?
1: Yeah, look, there's definite merit to it. Oh, that would put a it.
0: roof over it.
1: Yeah, and, and you get the opportunity to fit your pro league in, fit your open league series in. You can you can build in different spots mid-season for for yeah. certain international calendar bits.
0: Now you see. To me, that that would be a revolution. That that should have been part of the hockey revolution. And I I know there are people that go, oh, but, and there will be problems. There's always people who lose in revolutions as much as there are people who win. But we've got to start making changes to make the game more accessible and played more often at the club level, and more better and supported at the club Is level. Is
1: it just a simplistic view from you and us that we're we play hockey in a particularly sunny place and we might lose one game a oh, season that, because of torrential rain and that's it. Well,
0: I haven't done that in years. I haven't missed a game for, through weather for a long time. But um that's that's a, a genuine criticism to make. I think it's a, also a very easy criticism to make and probably doesn't really hold up. I mean, I, my argument for having the, the season run from when it... Spring to all yeah, yeah, no, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm hypothesising yeah, yeah. with no, it's it. A you fair, know, it's you a know, fair it's, criticism, but you know. Um. Well, I can't do anything about where I'm You going. know,
1: for a lot, but for a lot of people, the hockey season runs nine or 10, 10 months a year anyway, doesn't <laughs> that's it? Right. That's right. Uh, um, you know, and that's that's anyway, kind of look, the way the sport goes.
0: I've thrown it out there.
1: Yeah, you I'd got like a view on th- it? Let th- us know.
0: Well, I'd like to know. What, is it is it something that the game should move forward to and look at, um, with greater detail and perhaps something. To seriously consider, i think it's well worth seriously
1: considering well let let us know what the situation is in your country because this yeah. is it it 's all well and good us making a judgment and and trying to decide things, sitting out a little you know a little nice corner of the world where we are yeah. um but it's you know, maybe it 's totally different for you, so let us know on the socials all at the reverse stick or send us an email, matt or John at the reverse stick dot net
0: speaking of which Feedback.
4: What do we got
1: this week? Well, we did we did get a, a a Facebook message. Oh, we did get a good one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah we'll maybe get to that in two secs. Uh Got a little little bit of something from the Wales Hockey Masters over 45 from Kate, Katie Butler. Um, now we're 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 you know we're all up and about with the, the Wales Hockey Masters ladies, obviously, aren't we? Because of the fine job that hashtag TRS World 11 Haley Richards is doing there with them, um, managing the girls there. Um, but she's got in touch, with, you know, she feels as though Masters Hockey could do with getting a bit more exposure. Um, so, uh, Katie, hi. We're the reverse stick. Let us know. Get, you know, send us some audio. Let us know who's sponsoring you. Uh, what, what can we do to, you know, help raise the profile of the game there for, uh, for you girls? And, uh, yeah, more importantly, what can we do to support your supporters and share that with the hockey world? Let us know. What else we got, John?
0: Um, I don't know. What else have we got? I had a bit of a chat with uh, Rob oh. Abbott and the Euros. That was good fun. Yeah. Yeah. My tips didn't go too well, but as you well know, I'm not a good tipper. How <laughs> 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 terrible!
1: Well, what was interesting because we put out the poll for the EHL um, a yeah. couple of days beforehand, and Blomendaal was the top pick. Kampong was second. Rotterdam were third, and Heracles were fourth. And how many voted for Heracles? Uh, oh, I don't know. It was m- maybe 8% or something like that of 170, 180 votes. Oh,
0: that many. Not bad, not bad, not
1: bad for many us. That friends. Not, yeah, not bad for us to get, you know, um, those numbers up there. So, um, yeah, good on you, Heracles, though. Well oh, done. It was a well, couple of great well games. Well hockey
2: man. I did
0: enjoy it. You've got. Didn't we get another message?
1: We did get a message. We got a message from a gentleman um Who's involved with some broadcast from South Australian hockey Uh, And we mentioned back in episode 49 That they were um, launching a new super series Which was a a three unit slash franchise based teams Comprised of members of three clubs within their their state league there And uh, the gentleman got in touch And Oh, Lula raised a couple of questions, and we we appreciate people getting in touch and challenging what we say. That's if, what if, if we it, want. Yeah, that's it. We we want the conversation to happen. Um, so yeah. Um, p- points being, John, um, why were we so down on the idea of the concept of this? Three team and premier you league. Well, I said it was because I was grumpy. Well, I said it was, well, well, no. <laughs> to be, to be fair, the gentleman said this was the first show that he'd listened to. It was amazing. It was actually the first show that we've spoken about South Australian hockey and uh, it was yeah. the first one that he'd listened to. But, um, uh, and I, and I said, well, you know, John, to be fair, t- John's got a pretty, um, strong standpoint and, and strong advocacy on the club system and, uh, you know his, you've got to kind of listen to the previous 40 odd episodes to get that uh, rather than just get it out of one episode but you know there's, there's the, and I also made the point to him as well that um it, it, it's going to be hard to find fans and followers which he came back to me and said well you know that you're jumping the gun who says we want to find fans and work? We'll, you know, I don't know why design logos if you're not trying to find fans and followers and it's just about um, high performance teams playing against e- each other to strengthen your state team anyway um, I appreciate him getting in touch and I appreciate it, him trying to support South Australian hockey we weren't trying to rip uh, the mickey out of South Australian hockey at all different things happen in different countries uh, different states um, we're all trying to do things to, to benefit and um, improve the level of hockey um, you know, don't wrap it up what it's not though you know.
0: yeah well look, the proof will be in the pudding at the end of the day whether that does bring a, and, and you know good luck to them it's a, you, I, uh, it's a challenging hockey world in this country for any national uh, any state body, and I think South Australia has some challenges that perhaps other states don't have to face.
1: Well, they're a long way. They're a long, you know, they're a long way, and they don't have like Western Australia does the well, AIS system. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's exactly right. And so, you know, that might be exactly what South Australian hockey needs at the moment. Yeah. Anything more on the old? Twitter sphere stuff anybody abuse it we don't get abused do we
1: no of course hashtag live stream hockey oh, yes. and follow at the hockey live on Twitter and on Facebook so this is our push guys to try and get a central point for all hockey streaming if you're streaming a game whether it be a club level state level provincial level international level whatever it might be just add the hashtag live stream hockey it's nice and simple and let the whole hockey world find where they can watch a game there and then. You can find out how we're doing it at The Hockey Live on Twitter and on Facebook.
0: It's a great idea, Matt. You've, that's one of your very good ideas.
1: People get on board, though. Get your bloody association to get on board.
0: Absolutely. That's it for this week.
1: That's it. We'll see you again next week, guys, for episode number 52. Podcast, Thank you for joining mate. us.
0: No one sees us. That's what? A, it's a podcast. That's the beauty of it. No one what? sees us. All
1: right. All right.
0: <laughs> you'll hear us
4: <laughs> next week
0: here it for of hockey to come take care
1: I then asked, did you ever win this week?
0: yeah 3 now
1: oh that's right I was there wasn't I? Yeah,
0: you were top of the table clear way clear
1: oh dear good you ever got an Uber home